everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And today, we are on minute number... 99. I, I, we can't say it every week. We're like, oh my gosh, we're so close. <laughs> well, it's going to be so week sad. Will be a, the next one will be a big one because it'll be 100. 100 minutes. You already got the notification from Podbean that we have posted 100 episodes, even though yeah. technically, technically, even though we got that generated banner from Podbean, mm-hmm. technically, I think we've only at 99. Well, this would be our 100th episode right here as we yeah. speak. Yeah. Because Minute Zero was a episode. I consider yeah. that an episode. But there was a little short, one of those times when we had to take a little break you posted a little 45 second, hey, we'll be back next week. And we never took that offline. Mm-hmm. And Podbean considered that the hundredth, considered that in the count for the 100 episodes. But mm-hmm. I do not consider that an episode. This is the true 100th episode. Should I go back and get rid of that? <laughs> Before we get into minute 99, let's have some listener feedback. Dooley, did anybody write in? More and more learning to write now, asking for what they want. Reading and writing, writing and reading. Okay, so we have two things to bring up. Uh, They're actually kind of delayed because one of them we probably should have brought up a month ago, but that's okay. We'll consolidate. (laughs) Uh, One of our listeners sent us this information. A collector named Paul was selling some of his Santa Claus the movie memorabilia. We did not purchase anything that he was selling because... We're pretty sure it would cost a lot, but he had some really cool stuff and we wanted to tell you what he had. He had one of the toys from the toy tunnel in the North Pole. He had one of the dolls that can be seen behind Claus when they first arrive at the toy tunnel way back at the beginning of the movie. And he also had a toy sleigh. That can be seen in the movie. But what John was really impressed about is that he also had BZ's suit. Yes, one of BZ's pinstripe suits. Yes. And then he also had Claus's jacket, the one from when he was Claus before Santa. Now, didn't this collector also have like a wooden wagon of some sort? It was the sleigh that I... That was repainted? The sleigh. Oh, it was a sleigh. It wasn't like a little toy sleigh. It was like a human-sized, you could pull someone around in it. I have no idea. correct? I I have no idea the scale of the sleigh because it's just a photo. It doesn't actually show anybody, but I guess it's kid size because... Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm going off of memory. You're actually looking at the Facebook message. It, Why are you giving me that look? Because Why are you I, giving me that look? I was look? right in the middle of trying to tell you, but you started talking over me. <laughs> it says that the art director painted it red because they used it to drag his kids around. So what was the name of the listener who sent that in? Matthew. So we have to thank Matthew for sending that message along through Facebook and also through Facebook. We have an update from Santa Claus the Movie Mega Fan. <laughs> Darren, who, you know, we have to get on this show sometime in the next eight episodes, or I suppose he could be on like a bonus episode. True. But we we will have to team up. Mm -hmm. 
But anyway, he also reached out through Facebook, to, number one, to tell us that he is all caught up. Yeah. He had a backlog previously, but, you know, us taking a few weeks off here and there, he's been able to catch up. Yeah, so... so hi, Darren. You're, you're here in the present day with us. <laughs> Yay, Darren. <laughs> so not only did he want us to know that he is now officially caught up, he is the one person so far <laughs> who is approving of my idea of doing a series after the movie is wrapped up about the Santa Claus, the making of the movie TV special. Yeah, so. and he, he called it Santa... The making of by the minute. <laughs> it's got it's kind of a clunky title, but we might have to go with we it. We might. <laughs> <laughs> Darren also wanted to share that uh, a while ago, because Darren was quite uh, behind on our on our episodes, but he has now caught up. But a while ago, we were talking about Christian Fitzpatrick and not really knowing where he was, so we couldn't get him on our episodes because we didn't know where to find him. Uh, but he says that he is in real estate, or at least he was as of a couple of years ago. So he's not acting anymore. He's in the house sales business. I guess that's probably a good business to be in currently. Probably. <laughs> so now are you going to go on Google and search uh, Christian Fitzpatrick real estate? Uh, no, I'm not going to stalk him. Realtor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Reach out and say, yes, I am interested in a house. <laughs> I'm interested in Get him on the lot. <laughs> it's a townhouse in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into Minute 99. Formerly owned. Never going to get him on the show Joy now. Tycoon. Oh, goodness. So, let's just get into Minute 99. We see those detectives on the ground. Well, I, I'm going to refer to the head guy as a detective, and the other two are police officers dressed as New York street cops. Yeah, there's probably... movie cops, anyway. Yeah, the two in suits are probably detectives. So, let's say the detective signals to the two officers to, let's go! Let's go! And they rush into the toy factory to get Beezy, who is still upstairs in his office, looking, <laughs> looking down at them from the window. BZ nervously steps away from that window and goes to his desk. And you can hear him, like, swallow, like, nervously. He sits down and pulls open a desk drawer. What is inside that desk drawer? Well, according to the book, there are seven to eight candy canes. But it looks like there's a whole bunch of candy canes in there. I counted nine. Yeah, I was trying to count, but I kind of lost count down in the left hand corner because i couldn't tell where one started and one ended <laughs> i just wanted to say that the candy canes in the drawer in this close-up they look a lot more plasticky and fake than the ones we saw coming off the machine you, earlier yeah in uh this particular one it's um i guess the third one you just see the bottom of it and in this clip you can actually see that it is hollow and there's a little piece of plastic, I'm going to, like, cellophane or something, sticking out the bottom of it. And much like the ones in the trunk of the Patchmobile, these are pulsating red. BZ sneakily smiles and chuckles to himself. <laughs> he has just come up with the perfect plan to escape the police. And then we cut to a shot of the detective followed by the two officers rushing down a corner hallway of the toy factory. And you can see him pulling out their guns. Yes. We were talking last week. I know. We were talking last week of how 
what they were going off of and maybe BZ, maybe it's a little too soon to be reacting like this on both sides, police and BZ, I suppose. <laughs> but it's like, I didn't realize, like, man, they are, all three of them are pulling out their guns. Mm-hmm. They aren't messing around. They really took Cornelia seriously. <laughs> Back in the office, we see Beasley literally stuffing his face with candy canes. The police start pounding on the office doors. And then Beasley makes a dash to the open window. He stands up on the windowsill, still with a mouthful of candy canes, just as the police bust into his office. Now, in the book here, in the movie, he just chuckles or whatever as he, he kind of a chuckle, I would say, as he's about to jump out the window. In the book, though, he's, he mumbles unintelligibly. Is that the right word? Yeah, that is exactly right. Yeah. Okay. He mumbles, you'll never get me, coppers. <laughs> But obviously they've changed that in the movie. No, he doesn't even say anything. No. He just, he's just very pleased with himself that he came up with this foolproof idea. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that between the DVD version and the Blu-ray high definition streaming version, yeah. the scene in the office is like tinted red. Mm -hmm. on the high-definition version for some reason. Yeah, the saturation has been turned way up. Like, everything looks, like, red, like, tinted red on the high-def version. And on the DVD version, which usually looks darker and worse, looks fine because when BZ's standing up in that window, so you can tell the sky is blue, whereas it's more tinted red in the Blu-ray version. It's very odd. Mm -hmm. It's very odd. I don't know what it was supposed to be originally, but they are just like night and day difference with the coloring of this scene. A, a picture showing the difference between the two will be on our website, which is obviously linked in the notes for this episode. But there'll be a picture showing how different they are side by side. I mean, I guess maybe the candy canes are lighting off some sort of a glow, but the, it just stays there the whole scene, even after Beezy's eaten the candy canes. Yeah. It's very weird. I think it's probably just a way to make it look like it's nighttime. Because if you remember, this is at sunset, you know? So it can't be when the sky is nice and blue outside. It has to be as the sun is going down. So maybe that's why it's like that color. And maybe like it's supposed to be the sun coming through the window, making it that red color. I don't know. Let us know what you think, listeners. <laughs> I'd love to hear back from the listeners. Let us know what you think. SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com, or you can uh, reach out on Facebook. BZ laughs maniacally as he glances at a piece of candy cane in his hand. Like, he has, like, a broken piece of candy cane in his hand. Then he sticks that last piece of candy into his mouth and gives, like, a mocking, ha-ha, try to catch me now, look to the officers. That may be where he would have said, Try and catch me, coppers. Mm -hmm. He steps out of the window, and we now see he is floating in midair. In the book, it says BZ was fearless with desperation. He shot straight up like a rocket. He sort of hovers there first. Yeah. He doesn't take off right away. 
he kind of like is hovering there going whoa, whoa, whoa and this is one of those effects not until we listened to the commentary track you know way back before we started the podcast that we even thought like oh yeah john lithgow is like rigged up somehow for this <laughs> shot and then in a second it's going to cut to a close-up and then it's going to cut to like a miniature of john lithgow which we've seen at one of those prop auctions online mm-hmm. that's going to go right up into the air like a whole lot of work practical effects went into this shot that only lasts like a few seconds yeah i think that's how it usually goes with movies well not anymore you just well, uh yeah. you just he'd be a green screen and then computers would make him go Vroom. yep <laughs> it's still a lot of work just a different kind of work <laughs> Now, I just want to say on the on the photo frame that's next to him before he gets out of the building there, you can see that he's holding like two awards, which we've pointed this picture out before. One of them is clearly that teddy bear that had sand and glass in its body. But, the BZ Panda. Yeah, the BZ Panda. But the other one, like they never at like you can't see what it is. So I don't know if they didn't add in (laughs) what it was supposed to be before they printed this picture off for the set, or if it's just such a dark image that you can't make it out. Yeah, this is where I noticed that the coloring was so different between the two versions when I went to the high def version to see if I could make out any of those pictures on the wall, Mm -hmm. which I couldn't. But then I noticed like, wow, it is so red. Yeah. So red on on the high definition version. The police rush over to the window just as BZ floats straight up into the sky. He's floating up due to the mega overdose of magic candy canes. Wouldn't you love to have this little little baby John Lithgow action figure? BZ action figure that that's being that's rising up into the sky. Yes. <laughs> and it's definitely overcast out as he's flying up in that sky. Very foggy, it looks like. Very cloudy. So the detective and the two officers are all befuddled. They're looking out the window like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, in the in the book, it says the police officers watched as BZ grew smaller and smaller until he was no more than a bright puce speck in the heavens. <laughs> and then not even that. I was going to say, that seems to imply that the candy cane overdose was turning him puce. Yeah. that is definitely something we don't see in the movie no and with that it bz seems to be gone for good or or is he i guess we'll find out in a few episodes i like how the the police officer in the back's like "Eh, well there he goes yep (laughs) like the look on his face is like "Eh, well (laughs) day's over (laughs) (laughs) now the end credits credit actors ronald fernie and michael ross and those actors are each credited as policemen. But I can't say with certainty I can differentiate which actor is which policeman in this scene. Okay. There not, doesn't seem to be many pictures of either actor online. So if you know, once again, let us know if you can pick out Ronald Fernie and Michael Ross as police officers. They didn't list who the detectives were? Nope. Only those two actors as policemen. There's three guys in this window, and they credit two of them. Two of them. What about the third one? And I, and I don't even know if those two guys are these two officers. I'm just assuming. I feel like we've seen <laughs> other officers at other points of the movie. It could have been them. So True. anyway, I'm just going off of the end credits. Maybe we'll solve this mystery 
when all the actors show up at the end of the movie, when the credits roll. But yeah, the officer's like, well, I guess that's the end of him. So what happens to Towser and Grizzard at this point? I guess they're free to go, huh? I don't know. It's like, I don't even know what crime has technically been committed. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what happens to them. <laughs> I guess they can't be charged yeah. with anything. Yeah, I guess this case would just be thrown out. Yeah. I mean, he's no lo- he's he's in the sky as far as they know cuz we have no idea if he comes back down. <laughs> and there's no kid in their basement. So, I would imagine they're just let go. And like we were saying last week, chances are the case would have been thrown out even if BZ didn't try to make this escape attempt but you know i don't know these cops they meant business so before we leave the factory all together uh i did post on our website for the last minute about my theory of where the factory was and i am pretty sure that i am correct now i you know in the last episode i thought I found it, but I did a little bit more research to post the images to the website uh, for last minute. And I am I'm pretty sure that this is the correct location because in the background, when you see Patch leaving the factory, you can see that there's a giant water tower behind the factory. And that water tower is still there today. And it, the, the angles aren't quite right, so you have to use your imagination. But uh, it, the water tower is there where a factory would have been is now like a green lawned park and a giant parking lot. <laughs> so the factory that they used for the shot is uh, most likely gone now and is now just ground but, or at least a good chunk of it is anyway. But you can see the water tower there, and it is pretty much where I thought it was, and I was so excited to find it. That is super exciting, and like I said to you when you found it and you're showing me in the text messages, the exciting thing is, like, this was an actual space. You know, this is pretty much the closest thing to a filming location that wasn't on a soundstage mm-hmm. or wasn't, like, a well-known New York landmark. Yeah. When they were doing those flying to the city shots, you know, when they were getting that footage to superimpose Santa in, when they're going yep. through New York with the cameras just to get that footage between buildings and stuff in the helicopters, mm-hmm. they must have gone over to this location to get the exterior shots of this factory or some, whatever they had to stand in it for Beezy's warehouse. Easy. Yeah, it would have been very easy for them to get it because they used... Uh, over the water shots for that are right there for flying with Joe and Santa already. So that factory was in the location that they were already in flying around getting other shots. And speaking of flying, are we ready to rejoin Patch and Joe? Yep. We see them, they're flying around in the Patchmobile. They are having a great time. And they are, of course, unaware of the dangers of the candy canes in the trunk. Patch says to Joe... And then he demonstrates by having the car do like a loop-de-loop and it goes upside down. But he's not doing, he's not doing a super-duper looper though. He's doing a barrel roll. 
I just want to, you know, those are true, two different true. Two different roles. And they don't lose any candy canes during this. No. Well, <laughs> during this the barrel roll. force is keeping those candy canes in that car. <laughs> but I was wondering, uh, I'm glad you brought it up, but I was wondering if Pat demonstrating that the car can go upside down was sort of like, a, oh, look at this. This is, this is an improvement over Santa's sleigh. He's never been able to get those reindeer to fly, do a super duper looper. Mm-hmm. I am sure it was, yeah. Because Joe would have been, Joe was there when Santa failed once again to do the super duper looper. And here's Patch saying, look how great this is. I can have it do Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. While Santa can't have his sleigh do anything for obvious reasons. Yeah. Then the music starts to get a little menacing sounding. And the minute ends. And Patch and Joe, they aren't flying through a city or anything. It's like a vast, there's... There's uh, mountains in the distance. There are like pine trees, mm-hmm. but it's like just snow. It's like a like a winter They're wonderland. They're on a frozen oh. lake. They're on a lake. Yeah, I do and... see a house over here. I do, or some sort yeah. of structure. Yeah, there is like a little cabin on the frozen lake because this is clearly winter time, and so the lake is still frozen. There's no ice fishermen out there though, so it's got to be pretty far from actual civilization. I wanted to see where this could potentially be taking place. And, and I want to clarify, you're talking about, in the movie universe, what flight path the Patchmobile and Santa Sleigh would be following right? from New York to where this is. This isn't necessarily where this is. I, don't, I think it'd probably be impossible right. <laughs> to find this yeah. exact spot on Google. Yeah, I would not be able to find this exact lake on Google or anything. But following the path that Patch and Santa are taking to get to the North Pole, I have some options as to where this could be taking place. Okay. Now, it says in the book that they are following the North Star to get back to the North Pole because the North Star is right over the North Pole, right? So I looked to see. So if they're traveling from New York, it's basically a straight shot following the North Star. So in order to do that, they would be following the longitude line from New York City to the North Pole. And that longitude line is um, 74. So following the longitude of 74 up to the North Pole, you go across a couple places and they're all in Canada. So everything takes place in Canada basically from here on. And that makes sense. there is a yeah, there's a lake, uh, a lake Mistassini, Mistassini, yeah. <laughs> there's a lake Mistassini and a lake Albane, Ab no, <laughs> horrible pronouncing names. Lake Mistassini and Lake Albanel are in northern Canada, and they kind of have this, um long shape of the lake as you can see them flying over with a couple islands in there so this very well could be theoretically those lakes because they go right over the top of them if they're following that longitude line so we'll say they're in canada i can buy that um and then i really wanted to get in to what all the research i did today about the north pole but I think I need to save it 
Oh, no. Because we're not at the North Pole yet. But I wanted to talk about it so bad. Oh, well, that'll be a teaser for Minute 100 next week. I Okay, so as a teaser, I did some work, you know, because then to find out exactly what the North Pole looks like, where it would be if you're following the 74 longitude line. So I went straight up the longitude line from New York City to get to the North Star to see where the North Pole would be for this movie. Not in actual real... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows where the North Pole is (laughs) in real life, but in the movie where North Pole could be located. But I can't talk about it. No, because we'll, we'll they're save, still we'll in Canada over Lake Mistassini. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to cover about, we'll also have to cover, we'll also have to talk about how much ground they cover. Yeah. Because where the Patchmobile explodes, like, I'm getting ahead, but where it explodes, like you see them flying over like glaciers and stuff from what I remember. Yeah. Like where yeah, well, where did they how did they get to New York there so fast? When you'd uh, calculated how fast Santa got from the North Pole to New York to see Cornelia. Yeah, I don't know why it's so light. Like currently, that it should be a lot darker. You know what I mean? The sun should mm-hmm. be in the setting phase. But we're also looking at the DVD version, so the high def version it might be a little darker. I haven't looked. Did you look? I hadn't got that far ahead yet. Nope. Uh, it looks a little darker, but it's definitely not sunset. Well, maybe. Clearly, the shot was not filmed at the correct time of day for when <laughs> this movie is taking place. But Well, we need to see what's going on. It can't explode in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Though I suppose we always see Santa flying around on Christmas Eve, so never mind what I just said. So I don't have any more notes this week, Ben. Do you have anything else to add before we drag this on a little too long and you end up spilling the big thing you want to talk about next week? Yeah, I guess I'd better keep my mouth shut. But if people want to guess, where can they reach out to us? (laughs) We've already mentioned Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Santa Minute. Or they can also email us at SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. Ben and I post a brand new episode almost every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. Fuck free!